Welcome to another episode of Rejoicing Daily with your host, Rebecca Brandt. She has a heart to help all families find the joy and beauty of our daily lives, not living in negativity, but truly counting our blessings. The show is based on that beautiful verse in Psalm 118 verse 24 that says, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Join Rebecca and her special guests as they share insights for Rejoicing Daily. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Rejoicing Daily or welcome if this is your first show. Um, I'm super excited about today's call. We are going to be talking about foster care and adoption. Included in that will be the impacts and the beauty that it brings into a homeschool family. Um, but I know that my guest, Ori, is going to just share with you the beauty of how this journey that she and her husband and children have been on as they have um, stepped up um, their their hearts for just caring for little ones has just really touched me as I've read her blog on Our Good Family. Um, and then also Ori and I are part of a prayer chain that we just kind of meet up every morning on Twitter. And if you follow either one of us, you'll see just different different small prayers being requested throughout the week. Ori, welcome to Rejoicing Daily. Can you share with the audience a little bit about your family so they understand who you are um, before we really get into the topic of foster care and adoption? Sure. Thanks, Rebecca. Um, my name is Ori. I am married to my husband, Ken. We've been married for 10 years. Um, we have two biological daughters. Sophie is six and Isabel is four. Um, we were hoping to have more children and um, we're not able to for medical reasons. So we started looking at other ways to expand our family, which is how we stumbled into foster care and through that adoption. Um, we've been a homeschool family for three years now, and I still feel like a new homeschooling mom, even though we've been doing it for three years. Um, we definitely have changed the way our family works with fostering. We've changed the way we homeschool. We've changed the way we vacation. Um, fostering has been awesome for us, and um, it's something I'm passionate about and something that I really want to encourage other families to look into because there are so many children in the United States that are just waiting for a good, solid foster family or for a forever family to call their own. Mm. That is, that's so true. So, Ori, you just mentioned something that, that really caught my attention. I want to um, start off with this. So you started homeschooling three years ago. That means that was right after Isabel turned one or right at that time. So you had right. a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And was it shortly after that you began your journey with foster care? Yes. We had our first foster placement when Bella was a year and a half. Wow. So, so, was, so you yeah. really turned, you turned your whole life upside down in a matter of six months. Yes. Yes, we did. It Yes, we went from um, just a happy little homeschool family with, you know, a three-year-old and a new baby to looking into foster care to getting approved and licensed to having a newborn baby with us um, when Bella was a year and a half. So, yeah, it was a very insane six months, and it has only gotten crazier as the time has gone on. Wow. 
that is that's amazing, and that to me shows me really a lot of the beauty of God in your life. Um, because I know just those first six months of homeschooling, especially when you have littles like that, um, it really changes your family. But then if you add in the mix a new child from a family that, that didn't come from your home to prepare for, um, that just adds a whole new flavor to the mix. It does. It really, it really, really does. Um, I'm not quite sure. We none of, neither of us really expected the process to go as fast as it did um, or to get a placement when we did. Um, but we actually started looking uh, at foster care um, right before Bella was born um, because we were told I could not physically carry another child at that point, even before um, I gave birth to Isabel. So we had been really contemplating this for um, a while. So when we finally made the jump, to everyone else, it seemed crazy, but for us, we had already talked about it for so long that it just made sense. Now, I know, I know about your um, your journey with having children. We we discussed that on a train ride. It's been a year ago now when we were watching together. I can't believe that. I was thinking about it the other day. I almost started crying as I was going through the pictures. Um, do you I have, know. Me too. Do you have that story on your blog somewhere? Um, I don't think I have the full story. Um, basically, uh, I guess in a nutshell, um, we had a lot of trouble conceiving, so we needed a lot of help to conceive Sophie, and um, we were told at 13, or at six weeks that I was carrying twins, and at 13 and a half weeks, I lost one twin, uh, one of the babies, but Sophie was born perfectly healthy. And when she turned one, we thought, ooh, it might be fun to have another one. And I made, you know, kind of an appointment to see my OB. And when I went, it turned out I was already pregnant with Isabel, which was a shock. So um, <laughs> Bella was a very difficult pregnancy. I was in and out of the hospital um, with a lot of pain. No one could figure it out. And when I went in for um, my C-section, which was uh, scheduled because Sophie had been a C-section, um, the doctor touched my uterus and it burst. And we come to find out the reason I have been in so much pain is because Bella had been in the transverse or diagonal position. And if she had moved a quarter of an inch in any direction, um, my uterus would have burst and she or I would not have survived. Wow. So eight months of intense pain, um, but it was for a reason and it was to keep her healthy and to keep her here. So I have got two miracle, miracle babies yes, you do. that I am so super blessed with. That that to me um, just brings back so many memories of my pregnancy. But then again, also our train ride as we sat and yeah, here we go in DC. Okay, so can you share with the audience um, what it's like getting started in in the foster care system? Um, it may be different mm-hmm. from state to state, but can you give some ideas on how you get started? What the process looks like? and where people can go if they're interested in, in foster care. Sure. Um, every state is different. Um, there's not a national foster care system. It's, every state has their own laws, their own rules, their own pay rates, you name it. Um, I recommend going through a private agency and a state agency, which means you're dual licensed. Some states are not allowed to do that. In New Jersey, you are. 
Um, and what that really means for us is we have a guaranteed caseworker available to us 24-7 who never changes. And the foster care system in the state, each child is assigned a caseworker, and each caseworker can juggle 15 to 27 children at a time. So you never really are guaranteed to get an answer or get a phone call when you need information. Um, so for us, becoming dual licensed and having um, to have our own personal person available for us has been a godsend. Wow. The first thing you want to do is hit Google, and um, you can do foster care agencies and put in your state and hit enter, and you'll probably get a ton of listings that pop up. And I would um, call. Get on the phone and talk to some people. Um, see if the agencies make you comfortable. Make sure they can answer your questions. Um, if you're not comfortable with them, then my advice is to move on because you are going to be spending a lot of time with these people. They're going to be in and out of your home. They're going to be calling you at all hours of the day. If it's something you're not comfortable with, then don't, don't use them. Find a different agency. Um, our agency is Children's Home Society of New Jersey. And there are other children's home societies in different states. Um, it is not a Christian agency, but it was the agency that we felt most comfortable with, and we have not not been disappointed. They are wonderful to work with, and we have recommended them to many people um, who want to go into foster care here in New Jersey. The main questions you need to ask yourself um, is first, uh, you need to be able to have your life be an open book. You need to be able to be fingerprinted to have a background check done, to have a police check done. Um, you need to be able to explain anything you have done in the past 12 years, which gets crazy. Um, but all that is required just for the state to even think that you might be okay to be a foster family. And then beyond that, um, you know, you get licensed, your home is inspected, and then you kind of sit and you wait for that phone call to come. Um, you know, we get a lot of questions on my blog, um, but the one I get the most is, is it hard to say goodbye to the children, which I'll talk about later, and the other one is, well, what do I need? And to be honest, the only thing you need is time and love. These are babies and children and teenagers who have been sitting in a foster care home that is overcrowded, who have been taken away from the only thing they've ever known, and they're thrown into a system that gives them a number and does not a name. And you need to be able to have the patience and the time to love on these kids and be patient with these kids and realize that your life is going to get turned upside down, but you're making a difference in the heart of a child and you're giving them a chance that you they might never have um, if you hadn't stepped up. So um, knowing that well, how many how many children have you fostered so far? We are on our eighth and ninth placements. So you've Jay two, is our eighth, and at baby S is our ninth. Okay, so you have two in your home right now. So that mm -hmm. means you've already um, brought in seven children that you've loved on, yeah. and they've either been reunited with their families or been adopted to other families. Is that correct? All right, so let's move on to that question you didn't answer a minute ago. How hard is that on you and your children? Um, 
when the children are being placed out for adoption, a lot of the times they're going to families who have been paid thousands and thousands of dollars that want to adopt through a private agency. And it's it's amazing um, to take a baby or a child into a room with a family that has waited and give them that child. Mm. It, it's a feeling I can't even I can't even describe. But when you do that, you realize you are helping create a new family, and it's just awesome. Um, as far as when the children are reunited with their birth parents, um, I actually have a blog post going up on this very subject. I think it's going up tomorrow. Um, reunification is difficult because it, not only is it kind of a test of wills where you, like my husband and I feel like we are the best parents for Jay. Um, we've had her for 14 months. We brought her home from the NICU. You know, we have seen all her first. We've fought for her. We've loved on her. We've gotten her everything she needs. Um, but the state's decided that she can go home with her birth parents. And that can be a very bitter pill to swallow when you feel that you have parented this child and she's your child. And you really need to step back and look at the system and look at the whole picture and realize that that was our job. And foster care is the job. And your job is to care for these children, love these children, fight for these children, get them the medical care, the physical care, the emotional care, um, the therapies that they need that their birth parents have no idea or can't even fathom how to do. And your job is to give them the best chance possible in life so that if and when they do go home to their birth parents, they're already heads and above where they used to be. And it's not... Um, it's not, you know, a foster parents versus the birth parents. It's not that the foster parents are better parents than the birth parents, or the birth parents are better than the foster parents. You know, we lost to the birth parents. It, it, it's not that. It's not a competition. Um, you really, the foster parents, you need to come to a point where even if you don't agree with the state's decision, um, you need to help and make that transition work because it's all about the child. And if you can work with the birth parents and make that transition smooth and make sure that your foster child knows that you're okay with where they're going and that things don't change, then it makes all the difference. Um, right. You're giving the birth family support that they wouldn't have. And you're giving your foster child support that they know that they're going to an okay environment. Um, so it's it, it, it's hard, but it's okay. Like, And that's kind of, I think everyone has to go through it before you can say that. And it, it's different for every case that we've had. Um, but, yeah, it's it's okay. We're to the point now where we know how to explain it to the girls and the girls understand, and they're okay with it. Well, I've watched your journey with this sweet baby, and, um, and part of me mourns with you, but part of me also rejoices in the fact that you have walked alongside this birth family and the sweet baby um, through a difficult time where, um, you know, they could have made other choices, but the, the baby was born. And that, to me, just speaks so much about the heart of a person. And coming from, from my past um, and, and how broken and wretched both my husband and I have been, um, and have had so many good friends just walk along our side on our journey, um, it just it well trying not to cry um and it Love brings great way to me to see families like like yours 
where I know your heart is hurting, but your heart is more about loving others to reflect Christ versus loving others for your own selfish gain. And that's really what you're doing. You are just selflessly pouring your whole life out um, to help these families grow back together. And that is just such a beautiful picture. Um, Thanks. So I, I really... Wait, it's not all sunshine and roses over here. No, I know <laughs> I it's to, not. I don't want to paint that picture that it's all rainbows. <laughs> no, no, no. And you don't. You don't. You've shared some really hard times. But at the same time, I see your growth in this. I mean, here you are talking. Yeah. You've shared that it's hard. But you know, I mean... Sometimes I try and put myself in another person's position. It's like you said, until you've been there, you really can't. But what if I was going through a really hard time when one of my children were born? And mm-hmm. and and I had to give them up for a while. To me, for someone to walk that journey with me and then for me to have my child back, um, it would just it would just to me be another opportunity to see Christ right here on this planet which is what we're all called to do. So um, so I just think that's awesome. Uh, that question does lead, it, lead into the next, though. Since you say that, you know, this baby is going back to her family, are you seeking adoption for each child, or do you, do you look at each situation as it comes in? Because I know your heart wants another baby for your own home, and that's what put you into foster care to begin with. So how are you traveling down that road between foster care and adoption? Um, every case is different. Our caseworker said this, what is now to me makes sense and at the time made no sense. Um, she said to us that we will know when it's a good match, when a child comes into our home. And I thought, come on, they're infants. I mean, every child's a good match. I mean, all infants are sweet and, and adorable. Um, and with Jay, we, we love Jay. And um, it's been very difficult to just realize that she's leaving. Um, but we realized, like, looking back, that she wasn't a perfect match for us. And I don't know how to describe that. You know, we love this child. We will love her until the day we die. But she wasn't meant to be ours, and we actually knew that somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, with ABS, um, his situation is very different. Um, very, very different. Birth parents are uh, a complete disaster and just not involved. Um, and he actually fits well. We looked at him and um, we both looked at each other and were like, he fits. Like, he's he's meant to be ours and both of us truly believe in our hearts um, that he's, he's going to be ours and we'll be able to adopt him. Um, so we're actually turning on that track right now um, dealing with that. Uh, uh, termination dates and court dates and trials and, you know, really trying to help the birth parents, you know, decide what's best for their child, um, which is also very nerve-wracking. You, you walk a fine line. You don't want to have the birth parents think you're trying to take their child away. Um, but at the same instance, you know they can't care for this child. So you're advocating for the best care for the child. Um, it, it's a very, it's a very uh, tight line that you have to walk. Um, so our goal right now uh, is Jay goes home April 29th, and um, baby us we're hoping to move towards this adoption. And um, we're going to take some time off probably this summer from any new placements, um, unless God calls us and says, okay, I need you to take this one. 
Um, and then we'll look at uh, doing it again probably starting in August or September. We'll accept our, you know, a new referral when it comes along. And we'll, you know, either see if that one's adoption or if that one's just going to be foster care. All right. Um, so each day is just a new day, and you're identifying the best path for your family and 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 these sweet babies. And it's just um, it's a it's just a beautiful story. And I've been watching um, how everything's been going with Baby S and the different medical situations you've oh, been in. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, he, um, oh, go ahead. What I was going to say, but if you, if you pictured yourself just five years ago, um, could you have even imagined now your ninth baby and the different things you've learned along the way, how it's grown you and how you're able to help others going through the same process? Yes. Um, I mean, I, I actually, I need to start off saying, first of all, Ken and I originally did not want children, which is laughable now, because <laughs> um, we're overflowing with them. Um, we initially just didn't think we wanted to do that. And then, you know, um, the Lord decided that, nope, we needed, you know, he impressed upon me and my husband and, you know, two biological daughters later, and it's awesome. Um, I think what I've learned most is you have to let it go. Um, I mean, as a new mom, I was so type A and oh, goodness, everything was sterilized and everything was washed, and my world revolved around Sophie's nap times, and it was crazy. And while we do definitely keep some structure when we can, um, I think just for anyone who's trying to struggle or juggle, you know, more than two small babies is just take a look at the big picture. Um, dirty dishes and laundry drive me insane, but I don't want to miss blowing bubbles on the porch with my kids or playing in the stand. Um, you know, when you go out, just, just take a deep breath and go. Um, you know, load up the stroller, load up the diaper bag with extra wipes and snacks, and just hit, you know, take a walk. Get out of the house. Um, you can do it. God gives you amazing, amazing grace. And I never would have thought, you know, five, six years ago, that I would have four small children under the age of six in my home, and that I would not only be caring for them, but that I would be out and about, you know. I would take them to dinner by myself. You know, I could go to the park by myself. I can grocery shop with four kids. And um, and I think it is. God just, he, he, he never gives you more than you can handle. But sometimes you have got to ask for help to handle it. He doesn't. And he uses those opportunities to show us his strength. I truly believe in that. Um, and you just said something that, that I think all too often in our society we can lose track of. Um, when you were talking about everything being sterilized and everything being perfect, um, I've also come to a point in realizing the beauty of having less is so much more. Oh, Have yeah. you come to that in your own home? Because it seems like the more I have, the more I have to take care of, and I see all the stuff they have out there for babies now, and I keep thinking, well, I I didn't use all that. I didn't need all that. And then I laugh because I remember um, grandmothers saying the same thing about some of the stuff we had. <laughs> we didn't have all that. Yeah. Look. <laughs> it's, it, I think it's crazy. I I mean, I, I love Babies Are Us. I love baby stores. I could go in and wander for, like, two hours just to see all the new things. And it's just I'm crazy like that. Um but, no, it really is. I mean, four kids, 
and I can leave the house with a pack of wipes, two diapers, and a sippy cup, and I'm good to go. You know, where before with Sophie, I'd take the diaper bag in the kitchen sink. So right. I think it really does come down to knowing, you know, what you need and what works and what doesn't. Um, you know, I've kind of given up on the, the wipe warmer and, you know, everything matching. And it's it just – but, again, I have a dear, dear friend who, you know, that's what she loves. You know, she loves having her wipe warmer and she loves having, you know, the diaper bag that matches the stroller, that matches her coat, that you know, and that makes her happy. So I really think it just, I think it's just, just you know, your own thing and what makes you happy. And um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned, especially because we've had um, hospital children of different races, is I have learned not to judge. Mm. Um, not to judge what I see others doing, not to judge what I see others wearing or bringing or doing with their kids. Um, you know, it's just I really have become a firm believer in, you know, what works for us works for us, but it does not work for everyone. That is that is such a true true statement, um, and I think I've I've, um, I've spoken with another um, person on a, another recorded call is in the homeschool community we tend to get stuck on no you have to do it this way you have to be part of this community you have to te- teach your children this way, um, but it doesn't work that way. Every family yeah. is different, and then every child in every family is different. You know, we're we're going into our sixth year of homeschooling now, and I finally feel like I'm getting to a point where now, <laughs> and I thought three years ago I got there, so I kind of even laugh saying this now, where I really kind of get how each of my children learn and, and what encourages them. Um, but then I also know that with each year they go through new phases just because their own brains and their own bodies change. Um, mm-hmm. So I agree. You know, we we get so stuck in no, you have to do things this way. Um, and when I when I was talking a second ago about less is more, I think you made a great statement there about that you have to find what works for your family. And if it's the matching, it's the matching. But sometimes you you do move out of that. And I I see myself going through that. I was laughing about the baby, the life warmers. Those came out after my last was born. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So, uh, so I, mean, I, was... I don't even know where it is. <laughs> like, oh man. Oh goodness. I saw a friend posted something the other day on this new thing that babies can sit in and I was just like, Wow, that looks really cool. If I had one of those it would have helped this one baby that had colic and reflux like crazy. Uh-huh. Um uh-huh. you know. So Yeah. Um so no, I think that's that's really good statement. Um that we all have to remember is each one of us is made so very different and and just to look at one another not in a judgmental way but possibly in a way to say you know how can i help that person or how can i just brighten their day just with a smile or with a hello um exactly. my kids laugh at me because sometimes when we're out and about and I'll I tend to find the grumpiest people and I would just look at them and just get a big smile on my face and look them straight in the eye and say just say hello. How are you doing? And it just it can just change a whole person's attitude. And here you are out and about with four little children, um, and and I bet you get some interesting comments. Um, oh yeah. Oh but, yeah. Especially because Jay and S are only seven months apart. <laughs> we have a lot of people trying to figure out how we did that one. So well, yeah. you know, when I had our third, 
and I took him to his first doctor's appointment, and it, it takes me a while to not look pregnant again. Um, so he was just a few, I don't know, maybe a week old, and I was sitting in the doctor's office, and I still looked like I was about seven months pregnant. And there was another person in the waiting room, and they had no child, so I was assuming that, I don't know, they were a rep or something, but they didn't have kids. And she looked at me, and she goes, I can't believe you have a baby that little, and you're already that pregnant. Yep. <laughs> I oh looked my. at mother-in-law, and I, was, I started crying, because, you know, I'd, I'd hit the baby blues. Oh. I was like, did she just say that to me? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and then, uh, you know, when we're out in public, I remind the kids, you know, we never ask if someone is pregnant. We never ask different questions. You know, we just we just smile because you don't understand different situations people are in. Um, That's right. So what would you say um, before we before we kind of wrap things up here? The title of the show is Rejoicing Daily. Um, through the thick and thin of your journey with homeschooling and foster care and adoption care and reunification, um, this has been a crazy journey for you. What would you say has been um, your your greatest strength, what you have found to help you really start rejoicing daily and remember that those bubbles on the front porch are more important than the dishes in the sink? Um, it's actually... I don't take for granted the life that I have anymore. Um, I deal with women who are in depths I never thought to even imagine, and I realize how low it actually can go. And for a few of these women, it's not really anything they've done wrong. It's just they've made a poor choice, and they don't know how to get themselves out of it. So by realizing that um, any of us can make a, a wrong move or a wrong choice or have something happen and our life changes in the blink of an eye, Um, And that helps me just take nothing for granted. Um, You know, the fact that I've got four kids sleeping under this roof and I have a a husband who adores me and who I adore and realizing that, you know, something could happen and that could change. I don't want to spend, you know, one one day, you know, not being thankful for that. And that's being thankful in spite of, you know, the attitude issues that my four-year-old has or the boss issues that my six-year-old has or, you know, when my husband completely forgets to change a load of laundry or leaves the socks on the floor, you know, the baby's spit up for the 19th time or Jay's screaming because the therapist is trying to work with her. You know, it, it really, it, it's not it's not sunshine every day in every home, but I think if we can just look at the little things and just realize how quickly things can change for for the worse and for the better, and that kind of helps us just live in the moment and live in, you know, today. Right. But you know what, Ari, um, in in all that you've spoken about today, one thing that I've definitely heard through this, and I know that you just said it's remembering the little things, but you've got the bigger picture in mind. Yeah. You, you are not just focused on those little things. You are definitely looking at, at the bigger eternal perspective here. And I think... Yeah. I I mean, um, it's not, you know, I think we really have come to realize that it's not just about what we do today. Um, We're supposed to be training our children up. And what better example can we give them than to take care of, you know, children who have no one to take care of them? And, you know, it's second nature for them. 
they don't question anymore. You know, they have compassion um, for people. They don't see, you know, different skin. Um, you know, and this is what I think, you know, my husband and I really feel that right now in this season of life is what we're called to do. And it's not easy. Some days I really don't want to get out of bed or, you know, deal with a foster care worker or deal with a therapist. But it really is, you know, what we're called to do. And you can, I can really tell, you know, when we're in the middle of it that this is exactly what he wants us to do right now. So we're trying to be obedient and <laughs> do it. Although sometimes it's very hard to be obedient. Well, you you definitely have shown me the beauty in James 127. Um, I shared this with you in an email. Religion that God mm-hmm. our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Um, and you're doing that beautifully. You're not perfect. Um, you don't gloss over it. But at the same time, you're not wallowing around in the muck and the mire and saying, this is too hard. Um, you're seeing you know, this is a season or this is a moment, and I see the bigger picture. All the little moments add up to the to the to the bigger picture out there. So yeah, um, yeah. it's a beautiful beautiful story. Um, for those listening to the call, before we end with our prayer, um, I just want to remind you: you can find Ari on ourgoodfamily.org. She's also on Facebook and Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Um, You can connect with her in any of those places if you have any questions um, about foster care, adoption. Go read her blog. Um, Send her an email. Ask her some questions. Just just know that she's, she's got some great resources. She's not going to gloss over it, but at the same time, um, if you've been called to do this, um, Ori is a great resource and will help you walk this journey. Ori, is there anything else that you want to add? Um, no, I think um, just if anyone is interested, if you hit the foster tab on our blog, that actually is the story of why we became foster parents. Um, and you can find the resources that we have that are all filed under the foster, um, our foster to adopt journey. And um, Miguel, thanks for having me, Rebecca. I I love talking about foster care and adoption, so it is something near and dear to my heart. Wonderful. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to talk with Ori today and share her journey through foster care and into adoption. Dear Heavenly Father, be with her as she goes through another transition. Um, Help her to hold tight the memories that she's making with the sweet baby and to know that she's planting seeds of joy um, for the for this baby and other babies and other families. And I pray that anyone listening today, if they've even thought about foster care, that this will encourage them to go to their computers, as Ori said, pick up the phone and call a local agency to help take care of these babies who are waiting. They're either waiting for their families to come back to a place where they can take care of them, or they're waiting for their forever family that you want them to spend the rest of their time here with. Dear Lord, may our eyes always be focused on you. May all that we say glorify you. And I pray that everyone listening will find new ways each day just to rejoice and praise you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Ori, thanks again. And um, thanks, Rebecca. I can't wait to have you on again in the future as your journey. <laughs> Have a blessed day.
We hope you enjoyed today's show and will come back for future shows of Rejoicing Daily. You can find the podcast through the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com and listen at your convenience. Until next time, make sure you are Rejoicing Daily.